This is episode 30 of the Base Life Podcast, and in this one we sit down with Dave Raphael, professional photographer and a really good friend of the base jumping family. Uh, with me we have Tim Siebenek and Ryan Graney, and uh, this was a lot of, a lot of fun. You know, we just kind of shooting the breeze, uh, talking about photography, talking about bass, and uh, testing out these new mics. So uh, bear with us, you know, we're still dialing in these new mics, and um, still got some work to do. But I uh, hope you enjoy. Oh, shame on me for almost forgetting to thank Charlie and the Horner Pub for letting us record in the packing room. That was really cool, you guys. We really thank you for all the hospitality and uh, treating us like family. All right. Thanks, Horner. And enjoy this podcast. Three, two, one. See ya. You're listening to Peace Life Podcast with your hosts, Randy and Tim. Welcome to the Base Life Podcast. Uh, here in the room, we are recording in the Valley Base, excuse me, the Horner uh, packing room here in uh, Lauterbrunn, Switzerland, and uh, we're going to be talking to Dave Raphael about all of his adventures and travels and uh, photography, and uh, helping me out, we have uh, Tim Sivanek and Ryan Graney, because I, I can't Joe Rogan this shit by myself, uh, but uh, all right, gentlemen, what's up? Welcome. Thanks for having us, Randy. Yeah. Did you know that I painted part of this room? Really? Which part? I like that part. No, no, I actually know who painted that. No, I was here. I painted like not a lot of it, but some of it. Uh, like two strokes, a like couple two brush strokes. strokes. That's a while back though, Dave. How, how many times have you been coming to Lauterburn? Uh Four years. I think it might have been the first night I met Lisa, which began my odyssey with. Chunk with chunk, chunk Odyssey. So what, how, long what, 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 to, how long did it take for me to get to Chunk? What what, origi- <laughs> what originally came, uh, brought you to Labyrinth? Like you 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 originally from New York. You live in LA, but like obviously you're a great photographer. But like what what brought you to Labyrinth the first time? Oh, do you want the real answer? Yes. Okay, the real answer was. Um, I guess I have some choices about how honest I want to be right now. Uh, the real answer is I was uh, I was in Europe running away from some stuffs, and I had a flight out of uh, Amsterdam, and I was in Frankfurt at the time. I'm like, I'm not going home. Fuck this. So I sat there. And I was like, okay, I was ready to sit on a train for four hours. So I called one of my buddies, and I was like, who do you know that's four hours away from Amsterdam? Or from Frankfurt. I'm like, ah, oh, I know some people in Zurich. Go down to Zurich. Got to Zurich, met some new folks, and... One of my friends, like, back in the States, saw that I was in Zurich, and he's like, dude. It wasn't Julie? It wasn't Julie, no. It was, oh, a dude, it was a dude uh, It was a dude that I had done some recording uh, with periodically. And he was like, oh, I went to, went to Interlaken one time on, on a tour, and it was insane. You should go to Interlaken. And I don't know anything about Switzerland, right? So I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Went to Zurich, met some strangers I didn't know on my friend's recommendation. And this other guy's like, go check out Interlaken. So I came down to Interlaken. was sitting here, and I was like, <laughs> that valley looks kind of cool. And I go up there with intention to, like, get up on the Jungfrau. And I came up, and I was like, holy fuck. You had your cameras with you? Yeah, yeah. It was like a 
totally foggy day, pouring rain, and I was sold. Did you know about bass jumping and stuff at that point? At that point, that's a really good question. I, uh, for, I for sure didn't know that this was like the big mecca. mecca. Yeah. That. So, you know, the funny thing is, like, the first time I came here, I was already a skydiver. I probably had 200 skydives. Didn't know much about base jumping, and I fucking came here on a uh, just backpacker trip, and I didn't see a single parachutist, didn't see shit. But when I woke up here the first time, like after partying way too hard, and he was like, "Oh, it's time to go. We got to meet everyone. We're going to Yellow Ocean. It's gonna be great." Like I woke up, I looked out the window, and I was like, "Oh, I, I've been here before. Yeah. I know this place. Yeah. Like you don't forget a place <clears throat> like this." So. No. No, I, I was I was at Turkey Boogie three years ago. The one in the States. In Moab. Yeah, Moab. Is there a Turkey Boogie in Europe? There is in the country. In Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. Oh, that, that, hey, hey, that hey. Um, I, was at, I was at Turkey Boogie in Moab. I got confused because I, I got invited to Turkey Boogie this hey. year in Turkey. In so Turkey. And I was like, hang on, you want me to come to Moab? <laughs> or, or, no, 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 we're going to Turkey. And I was like, oh, okay. This All is right, confusing. somebody needs to change the, the turkey name to something like... Well, but that originally, I think, became from from Thanksgiving, right? Well, yeah. uh, so so there's a country called Turkey. There is. <laughs> we own, yeah, but I'm I feel about, like they have a little more right to the name. No, than, totally. Um, Who was there first? <laughs> yeah, well, the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> clearly. The like, Ottoman <laughs> Empire were not did not have base jumpers. Come on now. And they weren't <laughs> called Turkey. They were called <laughs> the Ottoman Empire. Yeah, well, <laughs> here they were. You know, that's theirs. I'm pretty sure they're gonna. The funniest part is there is actually a fucking like weird looking. Is that a goose or a turkey sitting on the piano? I think it's a duck. A uh, duck, yeah. a goose, a rooster. It's poultry. Let's, let's, let's figure that. That that one's just for whoever actually comes <laughs> to the packing room. You're gonna see a duck sitting on a piano. Oh, we've Anyways. got a cool environment here to talk anyway. It's a, it's so a fun Dave, so Turkey Boogie in Moab. Oh right, so I the Turkey Boogie in Moab. And I met Aaron for the first time who said, like, oh, you should come to Lauterbrunn and, like, there's base jumping. And I was like, I've been to Lauterbrunn. What do you mean there's base jumping? And I was like, oh, I'll come back there. That was, all right, so, so that was, what, three? At any rate, um, the second time I came to Lauterbrunn, that was directly because of base jumping. Aaron Schutz. Yeah, Aaron Schutz, yeah. Aaron Schutz, she's been, she was podcast number five, I think. But she's been a co-host and, and, fam- and, fa- and family. Yeah, she's straight VBG family, like just base jumper family. So Turkey Boogie, though, you have to actually know about Moab and Turkey Boogie or base jumping to even know that that happens. How did you find out about base jumpers or base jumping? Well, my story, it all goes to Burning Man, like which is kind of weird. But I had a buddy who... Uh, you were at the Scott family camp or some shit? Yeah, actually, actually, like, we could bring it back to the very... Like, my very first job in the motion picture industry was this dude, like, hired me as an electric on, on a TV show. You know, like, grifting. Hmm? Like, like, just helping out on the, on the site and doing all... No, 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 I was full-on electric setting yeah. lights. Yeah. Um, there was a... There was this film studio in Venice called Concord New Horizons, and that was, like, in the early 90s if you were doing some low budget piece of shit like you were doing it there for, for sure it was kind of uh, 
dubbed the Venice Film School by a lot of LA LA people. Everybody got their start at this place, um, and it was totally one of those places where if you were walking by at the right time, you could, you could get hired. So it was easy for him to bring me on. But so he get so my very first job um, I was working with this dude. And he invited me to Burning Man for years. He's like, oh, my God, come to Burning Man, come to Burning Man, come to Burning Man. And he had this really big camp. They were like, I think by the end of it, there were over 100 people in the camp. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was a big ordeal. They, they would fundraise all year long. And at any rate. Um, so eventually, I accepted his invitation and went to Burning Man. And he was a skydiver. And that was really the thing that opened the door was flying with uh, the skydiving camp there. Um, Bernie Sky. Yeah, Bernie Sky. And I think we did like I, I went I, I went to Burning Man for ten years before I was kind of over it. Um, but uh, at some point, my buddy died, and we decided to try to do some like good funeral stuff for him. So. Bernie Scott helped me with an ash dive, and uh, <clears throat> at that point, uh, was I, wor- I was like volunteering at the camp. I guess it's at that stage, maybe ish. I don't know. It's all kind of it's all kind of gray. But um, <laughs> it turns out that all my friends at the skydiving camp were base jumpers, and Julie Wentz invited me to the first turkey boogie. That was such that a was, sweetheart. That was how. So she was like one of the biggest sweethearts in days. Julie, Julie's the most magic person ever. She's she's the most magic person ever. But yeah, so uh, through Burning Sky, I got invited to Turkey Boogie, and then after going to Turkey Boogie, everything changed for me. I was like, oh my god, climb mountains with your friends and then watch them jump off of shit. Like, oh yeah, sign me up, please. So that was that was. It's really not, not a perspective on life, isn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that changed everything. Well, and I remember uh, Aaron saying, "Hey, my friend Dave's coming to the valley," and like, I was excited because like I don't get to meet many friends from outside of the immediate jumping community, and so when one of our close friends is like, "Oh, I have someone coming," I'm like, "Oh, yay!" Oh, yeah, got super excited and didn't fail one bit because that was two or three seasons ago. Yeah, at this point, three. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and today we were, we were sitting in the corner and we were chilling a little bit. And uh, I'm like, Randy, you know, what do you want to do? And he's like, oh, we should go back up. Like, Dave's at the exit just sitting there. Yeah. Most There's a time. professional photographer, like, waiting to, like, shoot us. <laughs> right? It sounds weird. It feels weird for me. <laughs> like, I'm just like, ah, like, like that's not real. Like, like, there are people who actually want to take pictures of us. Like, but. And I saw you sitting there, I was like, uh, I thought you were another jumper, and then I was sitting there on a harness on, I'm like, oh, what's this guy doing in here? Right. Yeah, it was cool, but, uh, yeah. It was I good. didn't even see him, because I was, like, focusing on, like, not slipping and falling and dying. Yeah. But Dude, that last little bit getting to their sketch, man. Right. After a rainy day, that's sketch. Bro, <laughs> funniest experience ever. So, so occasionally, I would bring someone from where I work with, uh, where I used to work, here all like active duty like hardcore marines right like mm. oh we're like fucking kill tanks there get those dudes like near a cliff big difference yeah right? <laughs> so so we get to right about where the end of the ropes are yeah and i'm like hey bro 
like uh, don't slip to your left because uh, it's a it's a long drop. And so this dude's like tranching along like la di da, no big deal. And then I'm, as soon as I bring up the fact that there's like a, a long drop, yeah. like right over there, you seem cling like so hard, like like he was like three points of contact at all time, like just moving across those. Then we, then it was we, so funny. Then we bring you a couple of like twenty-three-year-old French girls to the cliff, and they're like, "Don't tell me where to sit." Yeah, like their legs yeah, dangling over the edge. The edge. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just trying to keep it together. Yeah, dude, it was, it's crazy. They're like, "I was born in Chamonix. Don't tell me what to do around a cliff. Like, I will tell you what I'm going right. to do." Sorry, ladies, we're we're athletes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to go throw up now. <laughs> the very first time I went up the high nose. Could you tell Dave's story, the story about uh, about our, our high nose story? We've got a couple of them, but no, no. Um, have you told sorry, him? Sorry, sorry. High nose where we were today. It's it's actually Randy's exit. Like I, I allow people to call it high nose. But, I see. I see. But I I've I see. puked. I've puked at the uh, oh. exit. Okay. Back when there was an exit before yeah, all no, the it erosion. Before I wrote it, yeah. And then. Uh, we landed, I lost a GoPro, we went looking for it, and Ryan and Shawnee grossed me out enough that I puked in the landing area, like up on the talus, nice. so I was like, that's, it's Dr- my, drunk that's my exit, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. my exit. Yeah, he has vomited on every, every aspect of that hill. Yeah. I've puked <laughs> on most of the exits in this valley, but, but high nose is, is mine. So I haven't puked on any yet. <laughs> Neither I have, have I. I'm, I'm thankful for that. Dude, the very first time I went up the high nose was on like a pretty big load, and you know, it was, was like eight guys trying to keep up because I want to like get there and get down there first, take a bunch of pictures. Everybody jumps, start walking back, and like didn't notice the the side of the cliff at all on the way in, just like just all marching through, walking back, just it's right there. horrified myself. I absolutely horrified myself. Like, okay, this is this is fucking for real. Because it doesn't seem like it is. Because there's like a little bit of trees. If you're not paying close attention, you can avoid the fact that you're on the edge of a crumbling cliff. But yeah, that was a fun one. Walking back alone the first time from high nose. You're like, okay, this is for real. <laughs> this was for real. An off-jumping subject, Dave. I like your hair. Like, I've been giving a lot of haircuts this trip. I, I noticed you've been giving some haircuts this trip. Yeah, like, who, who does your hair? <laughs> <laughs> I've had my head this way for, like, I don't know, man, 15 years or more. Yeah. Don't let Ryan cut your hair. I'm not going to let Ryan no, cut I'm actually, your hair. No, well, like, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> let me cut your hair. I'm, but I am, I'm, I am saying, like, outside of that. I am totally capable. I've done 19 haircuts since I left Dubai this trip. Mm. Um, I'm not normally a haircutter. Uh, this this uh, my haircut was done by uh, my roommates, and it's a bit rough now, but it was it was pretty good. And uh, since I I've got a, a fair bit of control, I can definitely should buy a shop a and get a chair and. I don't need a chair. There's like a little stool outside, yeah. no problem. I got anyone there. Yeah, right on. Dude, I want to know why there's so many damn Australians in base jumping. Someone explain this to me. <laughs> well, Ryan, please. Or, may, or may, maybe not in base jumping per se, but in this fucking valley at least. Like, what the fuck? 
Firstly, it originally comes back to Australia being such a deserted island. The walkabout. Um, that's, it's well, not, it's the, not walkabout. the walkabout. That's a little <laughs> shit. That's a very racist fucking thing. That's like saying that all Americans go on some sort of pilgrimage. No, we don't. Only the, only the uh, Amish. No, I'm talking about you hunting buffalo and shit, which you actually did. The, the Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> the Mormons go on. I do. I, I think I think buffaloes got hunted down to like single digits. I think there yeah, might have been right. like six or maybe sixteen of those things left yeah, before somebody wised up yeah. and was like, maybe we should protect what's left of these guys. But basically, all Australians travel because we're not in Europe. So, like, if you want to go see something different, you have to go somewhere in Australia. So, ever like most young Australians travel, and luckily enough, we live in a country where minimum wage is high enough that most average people can travel. It's, it's we're in a in a lucky situation in Australia. I actually can't really say this because I haven't lived there in like five years, but but most people do travel in Australia. That is the thing. And with the base jumping, um, there is definitely a culture in Australian skydiving that leads most young men and women to want to charge a little bit. There is definitely like an ethic in in going a little bit hard in Australia. I think it comes from maybe the surfing culture or other cultures, but generally sports in Australia, everyone go, everyone pushes pretty hard. It's a, it's definitely a cultural thing, and not just the base jumpers. There's the travellers here on top. So you have the Kentucky Tour girls, oh. the top deck, all that shit. Um, Australians fall into that pretty hard. And yeah, like this is a pretty famous place, so you probably do get amongst the Australian person quite a bit here. There's there's a there's an imbalance of Australians here, for sure. <laughs> per, per capita, we travel more than any, probably mo- most countries on the planet. Be, Walk about, mate. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely <laughs> do. We're, we're we're an island country, so like no matter if we go anywhere, it's overseas. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you're if you're an American, no, no matter where you go, it's overseas. Yeah, if you're Amer- <laughs> if you're an American, you go you go to Mexico, you go down to Canada. You no, go living in Hawaii, I can relate because yeah, like, no matter where I went, I had to fucking go over an ocean. It's forever, yeah, like mm-hmm. and we, five, five hours minimum to a next body of land. And we're in Australia, in Australia too. Like it's a long play, it's a long way between a, between everywhere. So if you want to go to Sydney from my house, it's fifteen hundred kilometers. It's a like twenty hour drive. So we're used to travelling a long distance to go to anything that's new. And uh, this is a, a major backpacker slash travelling destination. So yeah. like, you see a lot of it here. The spectrum of countries is heavy here. Dude, how much of a bummer is it to go to like some other country and there not be any koalas or wombats or kangaroos? Dude, I've been like... I've what been gone for so long. Like Farrell does, Farrell Fer- doesn't even consider consider me a, an Australian based drummer anymore. He like he's <laughs> like you're out, like you're done. Um, you I'm ca- sound like us, but you're not. No, he's us. like he considers me an expat jumper or something. He's like, <laughs> I've literally done like maybe six base jumps in Australia out of eight hundred. Yeah, I have way more outside the US than I do inside. No, sure. like no, like I have six or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like seven, seven hundred ninety-four-ish from outside of the country. I, I really can't 
Say that I've done a lot of jumping there. But yeah, it's an it's it's interesting. We all, we all, we in Australia, everyone likes to leave, dude. Mm. That's the deal. Mm. Unlike America, everybody wants to stay home. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's a different it's a different culture for sure. So Dave, what what keeps you coming back to the valley? I feel like I should have answers to all these questions. If I understood why I was like photographing base jumpers, I would have a better answer. But I or chunk. I thought it was chunk. It's really the answer. I mean, you know. Okay, if we're gonna talk about it, it's chunk. Chunk's the reason that I come back. Uh, and and, and I'm, I'm 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 crushed that I would I would travel all these thousands of miles and then chunk just stares at the wall. I'm like, hey buddy, I'm here. He's like, I don't give a fuck at all. But yeah, chunk chunk keeps me coming back. Do you feel like you have some sort of like? <laughs> <laughs> weird, 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 like emotional things. Like you, like you're okay with him letting you down. Yeah, no, no, You know why? No, no, you know why it's okay? It's okay because Rex doesn't give a shit either. No, for sure. I like, no, you know it's, like, I mean? like, it's like, hey, chunk, buddy, I'm back. Like, it's like a bad girlfriend where you like crave their attention and they don't give it to you, so you like kind of drawn to them more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, <laughs> like, hey, Rex, what's up, buddy? Like, I'm just gonna lay here on the floor and not not give a shit that that you're here. Uh, I, I I did meet Chunk's sister the other day. I can't remember oh, her sister. name. Sister, I see Chunk's brother here all the time. Yeah, here, at the Horner Pub he's here a, in Lauterbrunnen. Yeah, he's always Come here for a drink. He's always hanging out, not caring that I'm here. Uh, but Chunk has his, a sister. His ear's not broken. Like that's part of Chunk's like character. That's how I can tell them apart too. Oh, because Chunk ear, Chunk's ear. Like, he's got the flop ear. He has a, a little weird bit. ear. Yeah. The the one the other one. Rex. Rex, sure, whatever, fucking. <laughs> that does sound important. That other guy. Yeah. Yeah, not not the Valley Mace dog. Uh, he doesn't have fucked up ears, so that's how I can tell him apart. I think he's more black, too. That's true. And Chunk's getting some, like, gray now. He's yeah, he's looking wisps. like an old man. Well, right? yeah, I, I can cut dog hair, too, I'll be honest. I'm, <laughs> I'm solid on that. I'll be, uh, mine is some better snippers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if a mullet would look good on Chunk, though. No, for sure. I, I endorse it. Chunk, Chunk's such a dick sometimes. I'm like, yeah. That son of a bitch deserves to get Give him a Chuck. bad haircut. Give him a Ryan Grady haircut. All right, why? What, what you say my, bad, my haircut's bad? <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen your work in the valley, bro. The one guy has, like, the tuft. Tin tin? The, the tuft on the front. Dude, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> Dude, like, when when the object is to be a bad haircut, I think I killed it. You gotta be kidding me. Nailed it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, what, 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 what's the dickiest thing that Chunk ever did to you? Uh, he stay, pushed me off the pieces, As soon as I, it's like two in the morning, I'm like ready to go to bed. And as soon as I like crack the door open, a he barks, which wakes Lisa up, and I'm like, no, John, stop. <laughs> and then as soon as I open the door enough to slide in, somehow he <laughs> slides out. And goes running off during like fox hunting season. The greatest game. And, and Chunk's not that big. He's 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 a little bit bigger than a fox. He's a lot but, bigger than a fox, ladies and gentlemen. But at, at at night, you know, it's like oh, Chunk's gonna go get shot. Is and it legal to hunt fault. foxes at night here? I don't know. They spotlight them. I, I think they hunt at night. I don't think that they spotlight. But uh, I just know when he runs off at night when it's hunting season, that's, it's not that's, good. That's not good. And I'm just like, no, I I I. I I, uh, I can't not be VVG. 
Like, like Chuck, if you die, at least he's inspiring me. Ah, he's, he's, he's king of the valley, though, man. Uh, but but he, he would just be like, oh, F you. I'm, go- I'm, I'm doing it's it. It's time for me to bust out of here. Right. So, And it's always like the worst time. Mm. So I just like leave the door open and like hope he came back in. Well, I keep coming back because I keep trying to like conquer a thing, and I'm not sure what it is. What is it? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? I'm just searching for it. Is it the people or the, the the mountains or? Oh no, it's 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 a it's it's uh yeah I, I can't fuck dude I I, I like uh, when was that four years ago? I was driving by the, this mountain in Joshua Tree that I didn't know was there, and like I kind of stopped the car and like looked at this thing for a little bit. I drove back to L.A., which was like about three and a half hours away. I woke up the next morning. I'm like, ah, oh, this is bugging me. Got back in my car, drove three and a half hours, went and walked out, like, scouted this thing. I'm like, okay, this is climbable. Got back in my car, drove back to L.A., thinking like, yeah, so I'll put it, put it on the list. I'll, like, do that some fucking time, whatever. And then seven days later, I was standing on the top of the thing, just completely obsessed, like, just no rhyme or reason like drove by the thing it just called me and that was that it had to get it had to get climbed um this place there's like I don't know what I don't know really what I'm trying to shoot here but I know I haven't shot it yet and it's like under my skin and bugging me and nice. I'm like okay gonna like keep pushing trying to, to find trying it trying to find it you know yeah um that's probably the best answer. I mean, certainly it's in line with like what I want to be doing in life, which is sitting in a quiet, pretty place yeah. full of Chinese tourists. But so you didn't find it when you saw me and Ryan do like a sick two-way. Oh, if I was standing in a different spot on the exit today, I might, I might have found it. But for sure, for sure, I, I did not. Not every day can be an on day, bro. No, no, not every day can be an on day. Today, today was a, today but it's was a funny, slow one. If you flash back like eight or nine years ago, was it? was ten, right? I think it's not. I think it's it's ten. It's, I think it's November or, or not. No, no, it definitely it had to be ten. Because that's when I started base jumping. Okay. But to say that, that we were going to be at an exit with you today, I'd be like, nah, that's never going to happen. Like, Me and Randy have consistently run into each other. At all the best and worst times in our lives. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if we started base jumping. Yeah. It's been, it's been cool. So to, to, yeah, catch us at the same place at the same time, that was kind of a cool moment. It would be I, nice I, if you were in the frame at the no, same no, time. I, I, that would have been cool. Take, you didn't get that? I haven't seen it in the photos. No, no, I, 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 I got the best picture of, of, of the back half of your body leaving the frame and the front half of his entering. Yeah. It was like the worst spot. It's like a centipede. Yeah. Dude, I, shot, I just shot I'll, so many two ways from the top. I'll top take ledge. that as an abstract yeah. photo, though. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll put it in like an abstract menu. Like, I have a nice tail. Yeah. 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 I have a nice front. Yeah. We could be like a two person horse or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's how Snuffleupagus works, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Muppets. So, so, Dave, as like kind of an observer of the base community, like, like you are family. Like you're part of it. It's not like a, 
oh, he's weird jumpers, you're not. It, that's not it at all. Like, but as someone that observes the jumping, what what's some, a common trend that you see or something that like, you know, stands out to you? That's a really broad question. I'm trying to. I think the I think one of the consistent things about base jumping that surprises me every day is is like uh, all right. So I got this thing where I'm showing I'm showing images of this shit, and there's definitely a preconceived idea of what this world is like. Yeah. And every Red time, Bull, Mountain Dew, all the bullshit. Uh, or just like I think like. Extreme, extreme yeah. sports and and adrenaline jumping. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody thinks everybody thinks that base jumpers are these crazy adrenaline junkie, junkies. And, and all the conversations that I have with people that are outside of the sport that ask me questions about it. First of all, everybody thinks it's some kind of like amusement ride, like bungee jumping. Like, dude, what's it like to jump? I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Five hundred skydives away from my first base jump, dude. Like, what the fuck? Um, but I, I think the thing that surprises me the most is is how varied the people in it are and how measured everyone is, and they like the risk taking that that is present. It, it doesn't feel like uh, what is that? It doesn't. People are like there's just no ego at a base exit. Like there's everybody's like facing the same risk, and it equalizes everybody. I feel like. Um, and because of that, I don't think that people are are on this danger horse, riding it down like check, checking <laughs> out. You know what I mean? Like right. I just I just don't I don't see that. I mean I you know I tell my friends like you know you guys are more so like it's not what it's perceived. Huh? It's not how it's perceived. No no I mean I think I think you guys are closer to test pilots than than anything else. Doesn't that sound 100% good? Test pilots and those. Ryan's eating Haribos right now, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, we're working with new mics. This is part of it. I'm not editing any of this, by the way. And does it want to, Oh, I hear an engine. Bumping. Yeah, it's the compressor out of, out of the. Uh, yeah. Out of the kitchen there. We are in the hoarder, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that was the refrigerator condenser turning on. Yeah. So, and I have expensive mics which pick up all of that noise. I'm sorry. Who's, whose fault is that? Well, no, well, the well, sound, we don't have a sound studio. To be fair, yeah. Dave told me to buy all these mics. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> the reason the reason why I told him to buy all these mics because we were like walking up to <laughs> walking up to a barbecue and banging the other day after <laughs> I did my first milk stool and <laughs> my legs were so smoked, so smoked I wanted to cry. Like I was keeping everything inside, like. Do not be a dick. Do not be a dick. Like, just try and be nice to people. The whole time, my legs are like just quivering and like, ugh. and. So uh, I'm, I'm walking. I'm walking yeah. next to Randy and like see him just huffing. I'm like, dude, wh- what is in your back? Like, what are you? Do-? He's like, oh, you know, I'm bringing all the podcast shit. I'm like, what yeah. do you? What do you mean you're bringing all the podcast five, shit? Five sure microphones with, with boom uh, arms. Booms. You know, cables. Sixty everything. pounds of shit. It's all right here. I still Sixty have all pounds of, of stuff. Like, yo, dude, th- like, there's like a. Need lapel mics. There's a there's a two kilogram solution to this. 
<laughs> the 60 pounds that you're carrying. The new setup, so we're, we're using part of it. Actually, if we used everything we have right now, I could fit it in my nut sack. In my, in my wingsuit. <laughs> <laughs> Going somewhere? That happens on podcasts. And just give us a few seconds for a little restroom break. Dave, tell me about your favorite camera. My favorite camera? In fact, tell us about the lens uh, that's older than me that you were using the other day. All my lenses are older than all of us. Right. Um, somebody, someone, someone at Hello Boogie the other week was like talking to me about like some sports photography shit, and and I guess this probably well for sure this 100% speaks to what I'm doing, but it'll never show in in in, in the work at all. But um, like I think like there was a phrase as more automation came to motion picture cameras and to still cameras all that shit like there was a phrase where you know it's getting to the point where a monkey can can do it but I think we're officially at the place where a monkey could, could do it could yeah. do it literally because there's um I think Panasonic has a has a mode where it will spin the focus ring on uh an autofocus lens. So, so you take a picture and it takes a whole bunch of pictures and spins the focus ring and then you pick <laughs> then you pick the fucking focus that you want in post. So you don't there's no possibility of, of missing focus and it's and you know now cameras will shoot sixty frames a second raw stills. So you could just hold the button down and wave it in a fucking circle. And you're bound to get one, so <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't really. Man, could you just do that? Does that yeah, does that annoy you? you? Well, it's really distracting. Sorry, Not that. Like I'm talking oh. about the, the camera thing. Um, no, look, you? man. If I was if I was if I was a uh, if I was a professional uh, photographer on assignment for my income, I for sure would have the same computer camera that all these guys have. Um, but the idea in my mind that somebody caught a really cool picture, um, and man, it's so hard to discuss this without sounding like an arrogant fuck. Um, but this is the baseline podcast. Yeah, uh, having an opinion and base jumping makes you sound like an arrogant fuck. So <laughs> welcome. <laughs> like, well, I mean, like, join the crew. You have a <laughs> you have a computer focusing the camera. You have a computer doing every bit of the decision making, mm-hmm. and all you're really doing is holding it and, you know, framing something. And when you get into like race car driving or any anything where there's something moving fast through the frame, mm-hmm. you're not even really doing that. You know, you're just kind of hoping and praying that that you, you grab something it. Yeah. and catch it. Um, but you know, full on for real, man. Like the average camera that someone can buy today can really shoot quite a bit of frames a second. So yeah. it's 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 like it's it's not that it's it's easy, but it's. Uh, but it's, does it's, this film come in like Lightroom it, and editing and shit on top of that? Like 
for me, like, anyone can take a good frame, but to create that shot in the way it is, it's all edited nowadays, right? Well, it is. Well, well anyway, so, so the, the, what I'm doing is all, all my lenses are, everything, I'm, I'm, I'm using a modern digital camera, but I'm shooting with ancient, ancient lenses. So everything's manual. From the 19... Late, late, late 50s to mid, to mid 60s. Late 50s, yeah. Late, late 50s to mid 60s. I actually took a little bit of all. So, uh, you're talking about a camera from uh, maybe 58 or something. No, 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 no. Like when your parents were born. My, my camera, the camera is a a modern digital camera. What is the body you wear? But the lens is from the late 50s. And the lens is where the magic comes from. What camera body you wear? Mostly a Sony. But what the specs and the whole thing like oh dude I don't even know man I, I like I like like a digital camera to me I mean I, I honestly hey right you, know, you know what a GoPro is yeah, it's kind of like fucking awesome no I'm just saying yeah, like, I was fucking I was sorry no I do but like it, obviously it's a, it's a Sony DSLR and you're like putting whatever lens you want into it right? just some old old German old German lenses mostly yeah but they're sexy lenses but every alright well, well I mean you know like the, the, the thing about the lenses that I'm shooting is that uh, you know up through the 60s they were still figuring out how to do it so they were they hadn't yet designed all the all the edge distortion out of the glass and they hadn't yet designed a coating that would be resistant to flare. And not like the, the flare where you get like a halo on the frame. Like when you when you get like in, internal internal uh, refractions inside the lens, there's like five pieces of glass or more inside the barrel, and you get all kinds of refraction in there. And what happens is is it changes the it changes the overall contrast of the image before you get like the flare, the, the Photoshop-looking flare effect, um, you get a, 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 an, incha- a, an internal change of contrast, an internal change of color. And most of these lenses were designed, by the way, without a single person thinking about color ever. These lenses were all designed for, for black and white film. So it's just a real different affair. So my challenge is using this stuff, and it's manual fucking everything, and like kind of like my, my my favorite thing these days is um, trying to follow focus you guys as you fall, and that's turning into like the new like oh my god I got one. Of course, if you're using an autofocus camera, it's doing all that for you. Right. Every single shot is in focus. Yeah. Um, but I'm banging probably you know by the time your knees are bent, there's probably ten frames. Four of them are in focus. I'm, I'm David, like, I don't bend my knees. I, 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 when I push, <laughs> I go straight, and I never bend my knees. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know me personally, I'm the worst knee bender ever. But uh, <laughs> I Dave has a thousand pictures of it. There's there's some knee bending happening. Even at the pool, right? Even like, at the pool. We were training. We were training. Even at the pool. Which, by the way, Aaron is fucking killing it. For always rooting for Aaron. Like like she's always like stepping she's up. Family. You know, she's always stepping up. I'm bummed I didn't go up. But I'm not because you're here with us. Yeah. And yeah. I've been trying to get you on here for a minute, Dave. Dude, Hello Boogie broke me, man. Don't go to Norway without uh, all your winter gear, no matter what month it is. That was brutal, brutal, brutal. The, the one year I went, Ryan was there, 14. Um, weather was sick. 
I paid for I paid for two heli loads, and went up in one. <laughs> Weather was so bad, man. <laughs> but it was it was pretty it was pretty epic. Um, yeah, so I had a good time. You were there this year too. No, I'm right. Oh yeah, mm. fourteen. That was a great year. Yes. Great day today, huh? So so my statement is using manual old old manual lenses trying to shoot action sports photography. It's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. Well, and I feel like <laughs> all the time. Vano, Dave. Like, Vano's cool. It's, so. it's, a, it's a weird thing shooting a sport where every single person in it is wearing several cameras. Yeah, I'm a little bit different with cameras. Um, I wear them every once in a while, but this is a personal sport for me, um, and it's personal moments. Um, I don't put a lot of base jumping on social media. I rarely review any of the footage that I have. I do if something actually happens, happens. Um, but still, I can't really tell what happened from my point of view. Um, sometimes with the back perspective, I can see stuff that happens. Yeah, but I, I really only use cameras uh, personally for, um, for back footage to see what my suit's doing mm-hmm. as, a, as an educational tool. Yeah. Unless we're doing a project or something and there's something to film. Like, most of the stuff I jump nowadays, I've jumped multiple times and I've got, like, uh, how many times am I going to have a POV? So, Dave, where's your favorite place to shoot? Base jumping? No, just in general. Oh, in general? Oh, shit, man. That's, I mean, shoot what? Photos. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'm, like photos of anything, Dave. Like, like film. Where, where would you like to go? Film? I mean, I don't know. Lately, for sure, it's been. Where there. would you want to go film? Where's your, you, where's your dream? You love to travel. I just right? bailed on a trip back to Norway to stay here for another two weeks. To, you know, super thankful about that, by the way. Yeah, here we are. Um, I yeah, I don't know, man. I got I got some challenge up my ass about this place because I don't know. It's hard to shoot base exit, man. There's like, we should go to Wallenstad. I got a, I got a shot for you, Dave. I'm I'm down to go to Wallenstein. So there's this shot, dude, and it's a like we're gonna jump off the Sputnik exit, and everyone flies out of the fucking trench, and then you fly out the firewall. You could have us. You could be looking at us coming out of the fucking trench. I, I thought about this shot for ages, dude. I thought about this shot for fucking years. It's the shot. No one's ever done this shot. It's the shot. You're on the like the far thing. You catch the gondola up, or you hike up, or you walk down, whatever the fuck you want to do. But you go sit on that far thing, and you're gonna be pointing at the trench. And you just call that burp on fucking digital sound. <laughs> but we will fl- be flying straight at you. I show. Do I show you that shot from yeah. Turkey? Yeah. Yeah. That that'll be happening. But coming out of terrain. Let's. It's it's the shot, dude. Like let's. That. I've been we've been looking at that for a while. Let's let's talk about that. Yeah, that's uh. And that's not a bad hike either. No, no, no I think it, no, I think you just walk down as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, not everybody's made for this shit, man. I mean, I don't know. That's a big part of the reason why I keep coming here is like I'm afraid of all this stuff, man. I'm uneasy on the edge. I'm terrified of the fucking gondola. Like all this stuff is like a personal victory for me every time I get up on the wall. And it's like, put that camera in my face, everything changes. But it's it's totally conquering a whole bunch. Of, you know, you know, like look, the, the bottom line, I, my 
anybody any, anybody could make good art, I think, on like a good night's sleep in comfortable conditions. And sure. when and when you're really uncomfortable, and you're sort of like pushed way way outside your box, like that's where that's where you really find out what you're made of, you know. Being able to uh, function under under like a pretty intense state of fear. Uh, that that's that's incredibly appealing to me yeah. these days. I mean, well, and that's one of the things I love about bass is like uh, you get put in a high stress situation like uh, very quickly, and like you kind of see where people are. For sure, you know it's like um, like a, if someone's gonna be like high stress and like negative energy or like very positive and how do we like make this the best we can make out of it yeah you know and yeah, uh, yeah so it's like those are kind of like the same people you want in, in like a bar fight or something you're just like yep. <laughs> it's like, like the ones that are like yep we're gonna make the best of this but like uh, I'm here for you or the like uh, like super nervous and like oh uh, like make make you not want to be there yeah 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 <laughs> so I'll keep hanging out Randy right. <laughs> it's so fun when Dave comes it's like a special time of year is it? you've been making yeah dude, what, do I, what do I bring to this man this is a dude with a camera man. it's much more different than the people that watch from the landing zone yeah. And they they're all yeah. curious on the exactly. side of it, and, and you're you're there experiencing you're, the moment yeah, the moments us. that we're having, where you're not there. You the, see our fear. The, the you after see side. Our, our, our breathing. Yeah. You see our emotion. Our footsteps the, on the on the, the exit. The little, the little dancing, and you see all that stuff, and we're apparent it's to a, you. It's, nice, it's a, nice, a, a naked expression for you, are for sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and we're sharing that with you. And I think that's what makes you much more special than anybody else that's watching from the landing zone or anybody asking questions is we're experiencing this and you're they you're there for it and we're sharing it with you. In a vulnerable moment. Yes. When I was a I grew up in I grew up I grew up in a house with a lot of like photography shit everywhere. And when I was a kid I don't know how or why, but I, I kind of grew up somewhat focused on combat photography and uh, like Vietnam era combat photography. Um, and I guess like I never had, I never had, I never, I never had my war to go shoot, you know. Um, and while for sure this isn't that, um, shooting a base exit is ticking off almost every single box of what I've never been able to shoot in whatever 35 years of carrying a camera around the stress of that moment and the intimacy of that moment and uh, the quietness of that bit of madness right before you know um, that's always something that I've been looking for forever to photograph and uh, it's interesting to hear you guys verbalize that. 
for sure. You know, man, a combat photographer goes into combat as a non-combatant, and like you're there, and like I'm certainly not risking the same thing that combat photographer is being a non-combatant. But at the same point in time, like I'm in this shit, and I'm totally not a base jumper. Mm -hmm. It's a weird place to be. It's a really weird place to be. And like there, there's this thing that I'm trying to like figure out a way to explain, which I, for sure I'm not going to do right now. But like. There's this new kind of quiet that base jumping has shown me, because you get a whole bunch of guys on an exit, and you know it's usually not a frenetic thing, but for sure there's this, this very intense energy at a base exit, mm -hmm. and that kind of builds up and everybody jumps, and then I'm sitting there alone, completely still, completely quiet, and the last thing I heard was the <laughs> of a wingsuit falling through the air, and you're. Like there, that's a new kind of quiet that I've never experienced before. Like that's a real, that's a real new thing, and it needs a name, and I need to name it. Right. But it's a it's a real special thing, man. Like I'm I'm really grateful for for awareness like that. Right. Like people are like oh well, you know what's what's shooting this shit like? I mean like no one's ever gonna want to hear about the quiet, but it's the it's the right. quiet. Like when there's when there's other people like on the exit with me, like I, I almost don't like it. I hate. Yeah. I, I feel weird admitting that. Like, but I I kind of don't like it because like I lose that moment, you know. Just that, but that 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 first that first minute after the last guy goes, where you're just sitting there, that's something. It's always great having you around. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm 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 I'm, uh, I'm I'm curious why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so grateful you guys tolerate me. Man. It's because when Randy's the last person on the exit, he's not alone anymore. Right, I'm alone. <laughs> Dave's there. Dave's there. Yeah, because yeah, I hate being last. Fuck, I hate it. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes yeah. I like it too. I like a solo jump more than I like being last though, because all the energy leaves with the people that you're with. Yeah. When so, you're on a solo jump, you have all that energy and you take it with you. Being last. Is the truth when you like everyone leaves you like, well, what happens now? Mm -hmm. It's scary when you go there by yourself. You don't have that feeling. No. Even though you're alone, it's exactly the same. Yeah. It's scary yeah. to get there by yourself. You get there and you go, oh, I gotta do this. <laughs> okay. There was no. Yeah. Like, everyone's gone. Well, you bring the energy when you're yeah. solo, yeah. or you ride on the energy when you're with other people. Yeah. But you can bring energy, but which everybody's is, riding with the energy. The yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. So either you're riding or you're bringing it, but when you're riding it, if that energy leaves yeah. <laughs> that you're riding on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we got a little off topic there and then uh, brought it back around to talking about having communication while you're base jumping. So pick it up from there. Hey, I've heard of so many wish they had phone numbers, wish they had a phone. The, the only like section of aviation in the modern world that doesn't take act, act, active comms. <laughs> I think you're true. Very true, man. Yeah, yeah. Very, like, very true. true. No, I mean, like, we were like modern day test pilots. Yeah. We were like, nah, radio is there, fucking gay. <laughs> 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 It is so retarded, dude. I got this until I don't. Yeah, and we, and we regularly don't. That's the yeah. Every day. Yeah. Dude, I, my, my, my first impression at Hellabookie, 
I was I was standing on exit six, being like, "You guys call all these jumps in, like communicate with all these other exits." Like, oh wow, that's really sophisticated. Like, no one's gonna hit each other, are they? Yeah, that's uh, and then and then yeah. you think about what goes on out here. You're like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, we just send yeah. it. How about yeah. we call air glaciers and see? Like that's, oh, that's as far as it goes. Yeah, no comms. That's an interesting thing. So, Dave, give us, if you were into sound and you wanted to make sound better, where do you start? Like, how do you... Um, oh, dude, you're opening the fucking Pandora's so box of... Send uh, Pandora's box of horse shit. Um, like, white belt level. White belt level. Okay, so electronics is driven. This is really like the the simple core of it. Electronics is driven, and this also is like kind of in line with my lens selection. Um, electronics is driven by basically military application ish. There's other things that push the industry, but you know you want a military contract. So and having also a military invention. Right. Mm-hmm. So it is 100%. Like um there was this era where like vacuum tubes were used for for amplification and shit sounded really cool because you could use the shit and that the military used and it was cool. And then someone invented some transistors cuz we wanted to go to space. That was pretty cool. And then um some other genius decided to come up with this idea of an integrated circuit. And while you could make a good argument that there are plenty of wonderful recordings made with integrated circuits, um, that was when the, that was when the shit just stopped moving forward. And today, like the uh, electronic components that are available to build audio circuits, um, driven by computer world cell phones, where size and weight is like the product. It's always been size and weight. But um, today, the components that exist just are not designed for audio. And none of the stuff kind of ever was, but there was a crossover point where there was an application where you could make it sound good for audio. And when you get into, like, surface mount stuff that all the phones are made of and all this shit, like, it's not. It's just, it's, it's, it's not there yet at all. Um, so how to make it sound good? Use something old. Use something that oh, was kind of built in the heyday of designers figuring out like how transistors work. So like kind of peak era was like 60, 67, like 68 through about 74 for discrete transistor design. Magic. All magic. Kind of the same thing with German lenses from mid-50s to the late 60s. Just magic. People were figuring it out. And the smartest people in the industry had gigs working on that. And then, you know, once you figure it out, then you can have someone else deal with it. But how to how to make things sound good? That <laughs> that is like that is a lifetime of answering questions. Right. Probably not gonna figure it out in this podcast. I mean, <laughs> I I I I designed amplifiers for a living for a while, and everything that we did, we just took the 1971 playbook like what were the rules that those guys in 1971 had and what was the technology that they had and we did not go outside of that box and we designed a really cool sounding product but we did it you know 
modern convenience, but with the components that would have been available in 1970. Yeah. That is a different podcast for sure, though. Right? Yeah. Right, brother. Well, thank you for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. So, so much fun. Brian? Brian, rather? Fuck off, man. <laughs> Tim, co-host? As you say. Thanks for having us, Randy. Yeah, we don't, right. ever, don't ever come we're, we're gonna do another one. Dude, the next time I'm on this show, we have to have Chunk. Yeah. We're not having any dogs. We don't want to be fucking animals or children. Yeah. Yeah. No, chunks, chunk, I think, oh, been oh, on an episode no, I or two. I, I, I get on board with that. No, no but ch- chunks, chunks, the mascot, man. He's Fuck a high base dog. Anyways, gentlemen, thank you for being here, and uh, yeah, lots of cross sections of the base family here. Thanks so, for having us. It's good times. Mm-hmm. And this was a Base Life podcast. We're out. Woo! All right. If you want to know more about our guests, just check out the show notes. And if you want to give us some feedback or reach out to us, you can hit us at baselife2014 at gmail.com, facebook.com backslash the base life, and on Instagram, we're at base.life. All right. Thanks.